0: It took longer than anyone could have imagined, but the Chicago White Sox finally won two games in a row. They beat the first place Minnesota Twins in extra innings on the South side on Tuesday night. Andrew Benatendi was the hero with a walk off base hit. Uh, prior to the game, the White Sox made close to a dozen roster moves. Uh, some interesting decisions, uh, but a shakeup was definitely needed. Uh, White Sox will try to make it three in a row on Wednesday night with Dylan Cease on the Hill. You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Sox fans! Welcome to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available at all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Uh, also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Morowski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team. Every day. Uh, the White Sox will play host to the Minnesota Twins on Wednesday. Dylan Cease and the Hill for the Sox catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast uh, with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. How about it? Uh, our White Sox are now 9-21. and 21, uh, But the hype over that one win... On Sunday, that walk-off win, that big Andrew Vaughn home run, a roller coaster of a game on Sunday. The Sox came back, scored a ton of runs to do so. Uh, That turned now into a two-game winning streak. The biggest winning streak all season long. You got to go back to last season uh, when the last time the White Sox won two in a row. Uh, We finally did it. It feels good to feel good. Can't believe it lasted. Uh, This long, 30 games, Uh, but here we are. Uh, This is what Andrew Vaughn said after that walk-off win on Sunday. Uh, It could be the start of something great. Uh, We just have to keep rolling. And boy, they hyped up uh, that Sunday walk-off win quite a bit uh, on the NBC Sports Chicago uh, pregame show, playing the clips and the graphics during... uh, uh, Tuesday night's game, and uh, it was good to see the Sox pull it off in dramatic fashion again, uh, beating the Twins in extras, three to two. Andrew Benatendi played the hero. We'll get to all the details. Uh, also, Michael Kopech's outing, which was uh, absolutely solid. Uh, get to all that a little bit later in this episode. Uh, there were a Bunch of roster moves prior to the game on Tuesday. Wow, 11 roster moves. And, you know, I was thinking about the conversation I had with Brandon Warren uh, from Lockdown Twins, and uh, he was talking about depth, and that was one of the uh, key pieces that he thought uh, would push the Twins over the edge and, and possibly Lift them up to the top of the AL Central this year is all the depth that they brought in and quality depth, not just warm bodies. And that's what I was kind of thinking about all these different moves that the Sox were making uh, on Tuesday. It's you know it's so critical to have quality depth. It's how you spend that money uh, and and bringing in the right people to to get the most out of them because you know you're going to have injuries, you know you're going to have shakeups. Uh, Some really interesting decisions. Uh, One that we're all happy to see, though. uh, White Sox welcomed back Tim Anderson. Uh, This is what Anderson said for Tuesday's game. Uh, We got a long season ahead. Uh, We got time to catch up. I think that's enough. Uh, Just try to bring positive energy and have fun. I'm pretty sure the fans don't want to keep continue to uh, keep hearing me saying the same stuff. Hopefully we go out and try to win some games here. Uh, socks also welcomed back a uh, uh, spring training standout. Cactus League legend uh, Hanser Alberto brought him back from the injured list prior to the game. He saw some action on Tuesday. Uh, outfielder Adam Hazley, uh, who was 6-for-11 with two walks, uh, he stayed uh, with the Major League Ball Club. Kind of surprised by that, that they were keeping him around. Uh, infielder Lenin Sosa was optioned to Charlotte. Uh, Not a big surprise there. Wasn't terribly impressed with what Sosa did uh, last year when he was brought up and wasn't really impressed with what he's done with the White Sacks this season. Again, small sample size, but this is what he slashed in 16 games with the White Sacks this season. 151, 167, 245. And I wasn't even really impressed with his defense that much. I mean, he had some mental lapses here and there. Uh, I just don't think he's ready. And uh, maybe, you know, he's looked at as a a future second baseman. I think we're going to deal with this situation all over again at the end of this season. I don't believe Elvis Andres is a long-term solution at that spot. Big surprise here, and I'll get into some details about it, but Oscar Colas uh, sent to Charlotte as well. Uh, Romy Gonzalez to the IL. Big one here, White Sox DFA, Jake Diekman. The loan trade deadline acquisition from last season gone. Finally, uh, maybe Aaron Bummer next at some point. We'll see. But Jake, one thing at a time, Jake Diekman gone. Uh, Frank German, a DFA'd as well. Uh, fraternity leave for Joe Kelly. And the White Sox call up Billy Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton was slashing 188, 328, uh, 271 in AAA. And that right there, that got him a call up to the big leagues. Obviously, he brings more to the table than just his offense. Uh, He can be a defensive replacement. Uh, He also, which we saw on Tuesday night, he's got wheels And he can cause some havoc on the base paths. Uh, And he's also a clubhouse guy. Uh, Some positive energy. We saw that, uh, you know, what he could do in uh, 2021, I believe it was, when he and uh, uh, Goodwin. And we had some interesting guys that created some positive energy. And Hamilton was one of them. So uh, another big name here, uh, Alex Colomay, a blast from the past. But uh, he's now going by Alexander Colomay. So he came back. Uh, And Sammy Peralta uh, was called up as well. Colome saw some action on Tuesday, and uh, it wasn't positive, but we'll get to that. Uh, Big news as well. This is great news. Liam Hendricks uh, beginning a rehab assignment by the end of the week. So lots going on before uh, this clash with the first-place Minnesota Twins. Uh, Tons of stuff happening. Uh, I've kind of focused – I mean – Really happy with the Jake Diekman thing. Thank you so much. Long time coming, finally gone. Kick him to the curb. Socks look somewhat serious, but then sending Colas down, I, I had a bit of an issue with, and I and I think you can make a case in a lot of different ways uh, for how this panned out and what the Sacks should have done, and this, that, and the other. Pedro Grifol said Oscar Colas uh, wasn't producing uh, at at the level that the Sox anticipated, needs to work on a bit of everything in Triple A. Okay, so my big question then is, uh, why start him with the big league club if you thought you'd just send him down as soon as he wasn't producing at your level? Uh, Shouldn't the process outweigh the outcome? I mean, Oscar Colas uh, was absolutely going to struggle this season. Uh, So why does he get sent down now? I mean, honestly, it's because of organizational negligence, in my opinion, and and reactionary decisions. I mean, also, here's the other thing. If Oscar Colas, I guess, doesn't start the season with the Chicago White Sox, the front office looks uh, even worse for hyping up this guy, okay, and not making a serious move at right field, uh, all off season, it was all about Colos. We think we're you know he's got a cannon for an arm. He can hit a fastball. This, then the other. He's a lefty bat. Uh, we're going to have a right fielder, uh, and, and of course he he performed in spring training. So I bet you the White Sox front office, Rick Hahn and and Kenny Williams were wiping their brow with what he was doing uh, in Cactus League play because good, this can kind of justify us uh, bringing him, uh, you know, to to Houston on March 30th. But I mean, you ask a lot of different people, people in the know. I think Gian even mentioned it in the pregame on Tuesday. He wasn't ready. He had a cup of coffee in the, in AAA last year. I mean, not much at all, small, small sample size. And you were going to bring him up to be your starting right fielder. That's not a very serious move, but that's, of course, the White Sox way. I mean, Oscar Colas was not supposed to carry this White Sox offense or even be an offensive leader right now. I mean, he was supposed to hide in the lineup, scuffle, of course, learn and hopefully improve throughout the season. Uh, With the heavy lifting, you know, being done by Makata, Robert, uh, Vaughn, Jimenez, Anderson. I mean, Colas is flat out the victim of organizational uh, negligence. So I, I, that one, I just don't understand. You knew he was going to have some problems offensively. I thought he was serviceable in right field, you know, made some uh, bonehead moves, but that's rookie stuff. Uh, Offensively, I knew there was going to be some problems. He was going to, he was going to need to learn, you know? And so why not just keep him in AAA? Don't hype him up in the off season, Throw out sheets if you want to throw them out there, if you're not going to make a move for a right fielder. But this this game of, you know, now, is this a shot to his confidence? I don't know. Mentally, I don't know where he's at with that. Hopefully, he stays strong. But I just, I thought that was such a bizarre move. So reverse of probably how it should have gone uh, to begin the season. Uh, so again, so we got Colas moving uh, to Charlotte. So don't worry, because we're going to now have sheets, uh, back in right field. According to Grafol, uh, Sox will mix and match uh, in right field with Gavin Sheets, Aloy Jimenez, Adam Hazley. Uh, with Grafol saying it's a good window for Sheets to capitalize on opportunity. So, I mean, Pedro Grafol is, is playing the cards he's dealt. And uh, we know, I talked about it on this podcast, uh, there was a, a February article written by Vinnie Duber of CHGO where uh, Gavin Sheets went on a whole rant about how he's worked on his defense uh, in the offseason. He knows where his growing edges are, his shortcomings, what he needs to do to improve. I mean, I'm glad he knows that and I'm glad he was working on it, but he is not an outfielder. And I don't know if he truly can be uh, successful defensively. He can hit. And boy, I like to see uh, you know that lefty power. But Now the Sacks are are, are crippled in the outfield uh, once again, in my opinion. Just a bizarre situation with Oscar Colas. White Sox were up against a a tough Minnesota uh, Twins starter. Uh, But our guy, Michael Kopech, turned in a very nice outing in return. Uh, More on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Uh, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Uh, Like that Stars app, uh, it's just to watch one show or a free gaming trial you never actually used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And if uh, there's any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Uh, Rocket Money also helps you manage your finances all in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockdown MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockdown MLB. The White Sox play the Minnesota Twins on Wednesday night on the south side. Dylan Cease on the hill to kick things off, hopefully uh, kicking things into a three-game winning streak. Uh, catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with a serious XM on the SXM app. Uh, search White Sox. Hey, it was game 30 on Tuesday. Sox beat the Twins 3-2 to in extras. Uh, uh, lineup looked a little off too. Uh, Berger, Jake Berger, uh, was hitting eighth, and uh, this is a little stat that came out before the game. Uh, Jake Berger is tied, was tied for second in the MLB with six homers at home, trailing Minnesota's Byron Buxton with seven. The six homers are tied with Paul Canerco from 2010 for the second most by a White Sock uh, in his first 11 home games. Even the Yerminator folks. Even the Yerminator was hitting fifth uh, in the lineup during his monster month in 2021. So uh, kind of an odd decision there to get a hot hitter like Jake Berger and throw him and hide him uh, in the eighth spot. Grafol's response to Berger batting eighth, uh, he's part of our lineup. He's going to get his share of at-bats. He's going to get his time to be able to help us win games. Uh, he's a big part of this. Uh, he's a big part of this right now. And he's a big part of this moving forward. So that was clear as mud. If you're, if you're ever wondering, uh oh, clear as mud. That statement right there from Pedro Grafol on why Jake Berger uh, was batting eighth that I'm sorry, folks made absolutely no sense as a response. Talk about talking in circles. And uh, so I I don't know. I I really think Jake Berger uh, deserves a spot higher in the lineup. Uh, We'll see if anything like that maybe changes on Wednesday. Uh, On Tuesday, though, Kopech on the hill against a very good Joe Ryan. Uh, It was a nice pitcher's duel. Uh, Top of the first, Kopech, uh, he had some electric stuff early on. Struck out Buxton, high fastball, froze Polanco for strikeout number two. Uh, Hung an 0-2 breaking ball in Correa. Uh, crushed it to left field, but Andrew Benatendi brought it back, robbed a home run, and ended the inning just after 10 pitches for Kopech. Uh, bottom of the first, uh, Joe Ryan for the Twins, uh, 5-0, has won every decision so far, throws a lot of strikes, uh, sitting 94, 95 miles per hour, kind of has a deceptive motion. Uh Benetti and Stone were talking about it. How hitters sometimes really, the the fastball just kind of jumps on them because they can't really see it out of his hand. Uh, He was working the corners early, uh, got got maybe guys to look uh, inside after he was nipping on the corners for so many times. Uh, But then he just would go right back to the corner uh, and he blew Vaughn away with an outside fastball in the first. Uh, in the top of the second, uh, Trevor Larnick was Kopech's third strikeout victim. Got him swinging on a breaking ball, not necessarily a twelve to six uh, breaking ball, curveball from Kopech, but he looked comfortable throwing it, and he was throwing it quite often, uh, even for a first pitch strike. Uh, two out walk issued to Kepler, and then Gallo uh, flew out to end things. So just twenty seven pitches after two innings for Kopech. Uh, Bottom of the second, Sheets with the first hit of the game for the White Sox. Loves that high fastball. He can get on top of it. Uh, Yaz with a walk. Pretty nasty splitter uh, from Ryan. Struck out Berger. Sox stranded two. Uh, Top of third. Fourth strikeout uh, for Kopech was Michael Taylor. Frozen on the outside corner with 97 mile per hour gas. Another two-out walk. uh, This time to Buxton. Uh, Kopech you know living on the corners as well which was nice to see Uh, Buxton stole second uh, no throw from Yaz and then a dribbler to first base Kopech didn't let the walk ruin anything or the stolen base Uh, bottom of the third twins were playing some pretty good positional defense they were positioned perfectly sacks went quietly in the third uh, in the top of the fourth, third walk issued for Kopech. That was a problem all evening long. Even though his pitch count was low, uh, the walks were climbing. Uh, this time it was just a one-out walk, uh, then a strike him out, throw him out, which was great to see. Twins came into the game uh, with just four stolen bases, and after th- and after four innings, uh, they were not shy about running. Uh, Fifty-seven pitches for Michael Kopech after four. A bottom of four, sacks with very little success off of Ryan. He looked good. He looked sharp. Uh, After four innings, sacks offense, one hit, one walk, and six strikeouts. Uh, Top of five, Minnesota without a hit entering the inning. This was the type of game I was thinking to myself, you know, this could be a a Kopech no-hitter potentially. It had that kind of vibe. Uh, He looked like he had some of of his good stuff. He looked comfortable, and he was keeping the pitch count low. Uh, That was an issue with him last year when he went deep into a game. And we've seen starts from Giolito, namely, where he's looked really good, but he had to leave because the pitch count was so high. Uh, Kopech got a ground out, then a strikeout. Very comfortable with his curveball, again, on uh, uh, getting a first-pitch strike. Kopech, again, had that no-hitter now after five innings. Uh, we'll go top of six because Sachs offense was scuffling. Top of six, this is where things changed. Kopek lost the no-hitter uh, at the hands of a one-out Buxton base hit. Uh, then Kopech watched, uh, walked Polanco. Lots of stuff starting to fly out of the zone. Uh, you know, And how many times do you see it when a pitcher uh, loses focus after they give up uh, a late hit in the game and it was their first hit? Uh, of the outing. Runners at first and second. Correa uh, walked him on four straight pitches. So he got bases loaded for Larnick. a sack fly twin score. They get on the board. It's one nothing. After a lengthy bat, he got Miranda to ground out to Berger, limited the damage to just one run. But the way White Sox offense was going Tuesday night, I mean, one run seemed like a tall task. A bottom of six uh, Tim Anderson with a 12-13 pitch at bat. He drew a one-out walk. Okay, here we go. First Sox base runner in a while. Uh, ben Attendee, uh, rolls into an inning-ending double play. Uh, that was it for Kopech. So top of seven, you had uh, Santos in the game. I mean, he has got a lively arm. He can be an effective pitcher for the White Sox if he can maintain control. Uh, he had an efficient one-two-three inning to keep it at A one run game. Remember Santos is that guy that's got like 102, 103 mile per hour in his back pocket, but if you don't have control, it's worthless. Uh, He was good uh, on Tuesday. Bottom of seventh, twins went to their bullpen. Uh, Jorge Lopez in the game. So after Andrew Vaughn got on, Aloy Jimenez with his upcoming high mom bobblehead, uh, May, what, 12th, 13th, uh, he blasts a two run home run to right field. 2 1 Sox. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. with a base knock. Sheets ground ball that can't be turned. So you got a runner on first uh, with only one out. And then Yaz had warning track power. That was it for the Sox. But good to see Aloy Jimenez flexing the power, giving the Sox the lead. Uh, top of eight, Alexander Colome came in with a one run lead. Alberto now at third base. Uh, Right away, you had a pitcher violation by Colomay. Then he gave up a pinch hit home run to Nick Gordon, tied the game at two. He was eventually pulled in favor of Middleton. Uh, But look, the inability to hold a lead continues to be such a problem for the White Sox. Tough to go on a winning streak when you have such a porous bullpen. Uh, Bottom of eight, uh, twins put in jacks. He was throwing a bunch of sliders, giving socks all kinds of problems. We'll go top of nine. Middleton stayed in the game. Pretty impressive inning for him. Bottom of the nine. Here we go. We can end it right now. Lead off walk to Andrew Vaughn. Billy Hamilton, your pinch runner. He stole second. Uh, Aloy, ground ball to third. Uh, Twins did not force Billy back to second. So he ran to third uh, while the throat uh, was happening to first base. So you got Hamilton on third with only one out for Luis Robert Jr. Intentional walk. Adam Hazley. a short pop fly to center field. No sacrifice uh, opportunity there. So you got two outs. Yaz with a walk. Hanser, Alberto, the Cactus League legend. A fly out to center field, absolute waste. I was getting pretty scared because the Sacks are not successful in extras. A top of ten, Jimmy Lambert Strikeout, then fielded his position well. A two outs, runner on third with Buxton up. Oh two, then a strikeout. Go, he went upstairs. Lambert did a twin strand that ghost runner. Okay, Sox have an opportunity here. Bottom of the 10th, uh, you got lefty Thielbar on the mound for the Twins. Elvis bunted Hanser over to third. A uh, TA ground out to shortstop. Andrew Benatendi with a walk-off base hit to left field. Game over. Sox finally win two in a row for the first time all season. Kopech's final line, two uh, six innings, uh, one hit, one earned run, five walks, seven strikeouts. Those five walks, though, that has got to stop. His ERA, uh, just a tick under six, 5.97. He threw 89 pitches in the game. Sox used four arms after Kopech. Colomay was really the only problem. Sox offense, three runs, five hits, only one extra base hit. That was the Aloy Jimenez home run. One for six with runners in scoring position. And Tim Anderson in his first game back, 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Jerry Reinsdorf, uh, he opened up his mouth recently and made some cringe worthy comments. But if you've been a fan long enough, uh, it's business as usual. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards, win or lose. You still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. Uh, that's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free players, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards again that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today all right you might have seen this article and all the other quotes that went with it uh it's been kind of tossed around social media uh, for a while the last couple days Uh, the article was by Blake Schuster uh for USA Today Sports, uh, For the Win, I believe is the name of the publication. And the title of the article, Failure Has Always Been Acceptable for the White Sacks. Now, Jerry Reinsdorf appeared on some owner's panel uh, as well. I believe it was out in California on the West Coast. Uh, he was on a panel. I don't know why he was on a panel. But he also, uh, along with his article, there was a bunch of other statements that Blake Schuster was, was putting out there on his Twitter feed. And uh again, some really cringe type of stuff that Reinsdorf is saying. Uh and it makes you just your stomach turn uh after the way the Sox have been playing. However, if you've been a White Sox fan long enough, you're like, yeah, that, that's Jerry Reinsdorf. That that's how he is. And that's why we cannot wait for there to be new ownership. So uh, this was Blake Schuster's article. It's just some blurbs of it. Uh, Go find it. Uh, For the win, USA Today Sports. Just Google that, Uh, Blake Schuster. Uh, Here's the article. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is just a loser. Uh, He has been for decades now. And that works out just fine because when you're a billionaire like Reinsdorf, there are no consequences for your actions everything has gone swimmingly for him since purchasing his controlling stake in the White Sacks for $19 million in 1981. By doing virtually nothing of st- substance to improve the franchise since 2005, Reinsdorf has watched the value of the White Sacks balloon to $2.05 billion. Uh, that and this doesn't cover his true moneymaker, a Chicago Bulls team still raking in cash on Michael Jordan's legacy. It would be willing, willfully ignorant to believe that apathy wouldn't trickle down through the organization. Since a charmed run through the 2005 postseason, the White Sox have made the playoffs on just three occasions. They were bounced in the first round each time while winning just one game in all three October appearances. Here is the list of meaningful front office organizational changes made since the World Series run. General Manager Kenny Williams was promoted to Executive Vice President in 2012. Assistant General Manager Rick Hahn was promoted to General Manager to replace Williams. Uh, Earlier on Wednesday through Chicago, last Wednesday, Chicago Sun-Times, Daryl Scoben published an interview with Williams that was more or less a rehashing of every talking point the Sox have used over the last two decades. Accountability around here is not a problem, Williams said. He's absolutely correct, Schuster wrote. Not only is accountability not a problem, it's not even a concern. Why would it be? When you can over promise and under deliver with impunity, Williams is the second longest tenured executive in Major League Baseball behind the Yankees' Brian Cashman, who has 21 postseason appearances, four World Series titles, and six pennants. No organization except the White Sox allows someone to run the show for this long without a damn good reason. Wow. Uh, that's. There's a lot more to that article by Blake Schuster. It was great. It was on point. But sadly, uh, as lifelong Sox fans, uh, we kind of know it. It's just disgusting when we see it in print again and again, black and white right in our face. Uh, Here was a a quote from Reinsdorf from the panel he was on, uh, which was kind of interesting, that kind of backed up something that he said years ago that he said he didn't remember when essentially he was like, look, just finish second place and your fans will be okay with it. Uh, here was the quote from his panel. I think the important thing the fans is while you while they want you to win championships, they want you to know that when they get down to the last month of the season, you still have a shot. You're still playing meaningful games. If you can do that consistently, you'll make your fans happy. Uh, He is so out of touch with fans, it's not even funny. Uh, It's a rarity when he talks, and you kind of know why after reading uh, this kind of stuff, the article and the quotes. Uh, I would love, absolutely love for him to comment on how things have been going. Just directly comment about how the White Sox have been playing just from his mouth to the fans. That's never going to happen, though. It's such a sad situation. Uh, Find that stuff, read up on that. Uh, it's uh, it's good stuff by Blake Schuster for the win USA Today Sports uh, folks. Thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. Uh, you can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTB. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, and also, if you got any questions or comments. If you ever want to just fire them my way, you can do that at lockdownsocks at gmail.com. Uh, uh, White Sox taking on the twins uh, Tuesday. Dylan Cease and the Hill. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Uh, search White Sox. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day. And hey, every dayers on the next episode, I will recap Dylan Cease's outing and hopefully. I'll be talking about a three-game winning streak for our White Sox. Appreciate you making time for the Locked On White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.